Hello and welcome to my weekly sermon podcast. My name is David Hansen. I'm the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill, and we are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America located just outside of the town of Brenham, Texas. On Sunday, this last Sunday, July 14th, we continued in our sermon series on Paul's letter to the Galatians, called Galatians Radically Free, Radically Bound. This week, we finished the third chapter of Galatians, verses 23 through 29. To learn more about our congregation, to listen to more of these sermons, visit us at our website, stjohnprairiehill.org. That's stjohnprairiehill.org. And please feel free to connect with me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, underscore David. No matter where you are in the world as you listen to this sermon today, please know that we here at Prairie Hill are praying for you. Thank you and enjoy this week's sermon. We're going to continue this morning our series, uh, pick up again our series reading through the book of Galatians. Uh, We're going to read from the third chapter of Galatians, and you'll find that reading on page 167 in the Pew Bibles. It's page 167. Paul writes, Now, before faith came, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. And as many of you were, as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. And there is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female for all of you. All of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I I should say as I I come back, thank you as well to, to Pastor Peck. Uh, it's a privilege for me to serve with someone who is such a wonderful example of faithful service, and, and I'm blessed by your ministry here. So thank you, Pastor Peck. Appreciate you. And it is just a joy to be back with you today. I, I get itchy on Sunday morning when I'm not preaching, uh, and so it's great to be back and to be here with you today. One of the, the, the challenges of knowing a pastor of being friends with a pastor, is if you talk to that pastor, you're likely to become a sermon illustration. That's kind of the way that works. So as I'm coming in today, the member of the congregation says to me, now you're not going to talk about race today, pastor, are you? It's kind of been in the news, hasn't it? 
right? I mean, how many of you know about the Paula Deen incident, right? The things that Paula Deen said, right? Do, do, do you know about this? How many of you have an opinion about that and how it was handled? If you hadn't heard, uh, last night, um, verdict came in in the George Zimmerman, Trayvon uh, Martin trial. Uh, George Zimmerman was found not guilty. Uh, how many of you have an opinion about that? You know what? I do too. As, as we gather today with these readings, which have been appointed for months from Galatians and from Luke, the world is talking about race. Now, I'll be honest. I really don't care what Paula Dean may or may not have said or when she may or may not have said it or how her employer should or should not have reacted. But I do care how you and I talk about race. And I do care how you and I talk about people who are different than us. That means a whole lot more to me than what some celebrity might say sometime, somewhere. Is how do you and I think about others? And how do you and I react to the news in this world? And I wasn't on a jury in Florida and I wasn't there as they weighed that evidence and I don't know what drove them to come to the conclusion that they came to. But I know that we have a story today about how you and I ought to react when we're out in the middle of nowhere and we encounter someone in need. And I care a whole lot more about that, how you and I react to those who are in need than I do about much of anything else. Because what we can make a difference in at the end of the day is not a jury in Florida... It's not a celebrity in Georgia or Hollywood or anywhere else. It's not the news media. What you and I can make a difference in is you and I. And that's where the difference comes. And, and, and the bottom line is that we come to these readings today, race is at the heart of the reading from Paul. Race and how we react to those who are different to us is at the heart of what we hear from Paul's letter to the Galatians today. Because if... Galatians as a whole, as we have said, is sort of the cornerstone of the Lutheran faith, the cornerstone of what we proclaim as the gospel. Then this third chapter of Galatians is sort of the chewy nugget center of the whole thing. Without this, it kind of all falls apart. This is it right here. And I imagine that Paul is worked up, pounding the pulpit as he's writing this third chapter to the Galatians. If you'll recall, the Galatians are struggling with who is in and who is out. The Galatians are struggling with who is good enough. The Galatians are struggling with what sorts of people ought they love and what sorts of people ought God love. They're struggling with this difference between Jews and non-Jews. And that's the context into which Paul writes this today, that there is no longer Jew nor Greek, there is no longer slave nor free, there is no longer male and female. That's some really heavy stuff if we take it seriously. That is some really world-disrupting stuff if we take it seriously. Because quite frankly, I don't live in a world where there is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer slave nor free. There is no longer male and female. I don't know about the world you live in. But I don't live in a world that looks like that. But what would it look like if we did? 
I think Paul invites us to ponder that question. What would it look like if we loved people the way that God loves them? If we looked at the people around us and said, you are not a man or a woman, you're not black, you're not white, you're not Asian. You are a child of God and I am going to love you the way that God loves you. I think Paul is inviting us to that sort of radical way of looking at the world. And to imagine, to imagine what that might be like. Because I think again and again and again, we run into the problem that we underestimate God's love. We run into the problem that we make God's love and God's grace too small. Share with you a story. A couple weeks ago, my daughter got herself into a little bit of trouble as, you know, a five and a half, five and three quarters year old will do. She got herself into a little bit of trouble and she got sent to her room. And, and my daughter is the sort of child who doesn't like to be in trouble. So after a while, I went to go and talk to her. And we talked about what she had done. I said, do you know what you did? She said, yes. And she said, tell me about it. She told me about it. And she's crying. She says, I said, Layla, why are you crying? She said, Daddy, do you still love me? If you have a child, you've probably had this conversation. She said, Daddy, do you still love me? Because I think as children, we are afraid that that love of our parents will go away if we do the wrong things. Will go away if, if, if we don't live into it the right way. We underestimate the love of our parents. We think that somehow we can turn it off. We think that somehow we can make our parents stop loving us. We underestimate the love and grace and forgiveness of our parents. And I think we do the exact same thing with God. We underestimate the love and the grace and forgiveness of God. And we try and draw lines. Well, if you go up to here, you're okay. But if you cross over this line, well, then, you know, you might be outside the circle. Then you might be outside of the boundaries. Then you might be, you know, just a little bit too far for God's love and grace to reach you. So... We just did a bunch of work on our cemetery. Go down and look at it. It's really nice. Uh, we just fixed a whole bunch of the headstones down in our cemetery. And I'm walking around the cemetery. And at the very back of the cemetery, I discovered this grave. And I think it's my new favorite grave at the cemetery. Because the tree right there is on the other side of the fence line. And it grows over and it kind of hangs over. It's a live oak that kind of hangs over this grave. It's a beautiful spot. And there's this one grave there by itself. And I... I just got caught up with this grave, which someone has obviously taken great care of. It's from 1902. Someone's put a new headstone on it and made sure it's kept up. So I started asking what the story was of this grave all by itself. And I looked through the church records and I talked to family members on down the line. And here's what I discovered. I discovered that you may not be able to see that red dot. About three feet in front of that grave is where the boundary of the cemetery used to be. Three feet in front of that grave is where the edge of the cemetery used to be. Because this gentleman committed suicide, and so he was buried outside. He was buried across the line. What he had done was out of bounds, literally out of bounds. 
And so he was placed outside because could God really love and forgive someone who had done that? That's what the church asked. And the church's practice at that time was to bury people out of bounds who did things were out of bounds. But then an amazing thing happened over the last 110 years. In the last 110 years, at some point, the boundaries moved. And it's now inside. At some point, the line of what's in and what's out moved. And he's now in. That grave is inside the cemetery now. They underestimated the length and the breadth and the width of God's love. They underestimated the length and the width and the breadth of God's reach and God's forgiveness. And we're still doing it today. That grave is now inside of our cemetery because the boundaries moved. We underestimate the grace and forgiveness of God. And that's what was happening in Galatia. That was what was happening in this church. They were drawing the boundary around who was in and who was out. And Paul is saying to them, no. Your God is too small. Your grace is too weak. God's grace is stronger than that. Our God is stronger than that. And God's love in Jesus Christ is stronger than that. And I think that's exactly what Paul is saying to us and to this world today. God's grace is bigger than you and I might even possibly begin to imagine. Our God is bigger than we give God credit for. God's love in Jesus Christ is more than you and I can even begin to imagine. So, there's a challenge in that. There's absolutely a challenge. And we hear it as Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And the challenge is this. Whom will you love? Who is the one who you love to hate? We've all got people we love to hate, don't we? Who is the one that you love to hate? And Paul says, they are a child of God with you. Who is the one that you just love to get your little digs in at? And Paul says, they are God's child with you. More than that, because we are one in Jesus Christ, when you insult that person, you insult Jesus Christ. When you demean another person, you demean Jesus Christ. Slurs and insults and epitaphs, you're not throwing them at some other person outside the circle. You are throwing them, I am throwing them, we are throwing them at Jesus Christ himself. That's what it means to say that we are all one, we are all united in Jesus Christ. And that's hard to think about as I go through my life because I don't always do it well. But that's our challenge. That's our challenge to love the way that God loves. And to see the others in our lives through the eyes of Jesus Christ. But with that challenge comes the promise that is the foundation of everything that we do in this place. And that promise is this. There is nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Another place, Paul says it very clearly. Neither height, nor death, nor powers, nor principalities, nor anything in all of creation. Like this is an absolute statement that Paul makes in the book of Romans. Nothing in all of creation. And that includes whatever horrible thing it is you've done that you are just 
beating yourself up for and saying, God, can you still love me? Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. After my daughter asked me that question, Daddy, do you love me? I said to her, Layla, what do we say every night at bed? And she said, Daddy will always love you no matter what. God will always love you no matter what. The challenge is for us to love others the same. And friends, we will fail. I guarantee you we will fail. I guarantee you we will not treat others the way that God has called us to. We strive to do better. And the reality is, even with the Spirit's help, we'll get in our own way. And we'll do it wrong again and again and again. And each time, each and every time that we do it wrong, God will pick us up and walk alongside you and say, I will love you still. Now love them. I will love you no matter what. Now go and love them. There's no longer Jew or Greek, male and female, slave or free. For God has loved us all. We are all one in Jesus Christ. And as Jesus says to the lawyer, I think Paul says to us all, go and do likewise.